And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kopi, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Just chilling, bro. You are so chilling. I can't hardly hear you. Oh, you can't? Awesome. Uh-uh. Um, there you go. Did you uh, Did you enjoy the game last night? I loved that game last night. Yes. What a blast. What that a was blast. A, such a fun game. See, I just don't understand the people that were against the plan to begin with. And if you're against it now, like you're you're just losing because having a single elimination game is so great. And it means so much to these teams. And I loved the the post game energy from everybody. I loved the entire game. I loved glue girl getting her hand glued. You to love the- glue girl. It was the whole the whole experience was incredible. Just what a what an incredible experience. Yeah, she she kind of shifted the uh, the momentum for the Clippers. They were they were starting to roll a little bit, and then Glue Girl stops everything. I, I can't believe she. It looked like Elmer's if you saw the photo. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like there are so much much stronger bonds, Andrew. So much stronger bonding glues she could have used. I it could it could have been a gorilla glue I guess I guess that's but but even that those you, I mean I've just been putting together a crib those got a cure for twenty four hours Andrew it's true she, she needed to go with a really sticky super glue so do you think that they had to when they pulled her hand off do you think that it like they had no to- I bet it cut right off because it, it was it looked wet yeah that's that was a weird deal it was Poor great plan. though. It's a great moment. There's so many things from that game. Uh, and the number one thing for Thunder fans is that the Clippers lost. And we're one loss away from getting another lottery pick, which probably won't happen, but maybe could happen. You never know. And I, I would, I'm rooting for the Pelicans tonight just because mm-hmm. I think they're the better team. Agreed. And if you, if you look at their record after that 3-16 and 16 start, like mm-hmm. they've, not, they've not been one of the best teams, but they've been like a solid team in the league yeah. like compared to anyone. And B.I. is back. CJ's healthy. Let's go. Like, they seem to have everything they would need. And, like, if, if Kawhi isn't going to come back by Thursday, 
I think it's pretty even. Like other than the fact that it's going to be in LA, yeah, I think it's a pretty even matchup. And we got Herb on PG. Let's go. Yeah, Come we on. got Herb on PG. I mean, the Clipper. I mean, the the Pelicans have the can match them in terms of firepower with Bi and CJ. I know. See the CJ trade. If they make the playoffs, and it's like because of the CJ trade, it's just incredible. Yeah, it's huge. And and I, I tweeted out like how big that game could be for more for Portland because for OKC, it's like our pick would change likely by like a few spots. Yeah. Although we would still have the opportunity for, for the Clippers pick to jump up in the top four, which would be, obviously be very exciting. Oh, very um, but for, for the Blazers, like it changes their offseason. And they, because, potentially their trajectory. <laughs> Yeah, because the whole idea right now in Portland is they're going to trade one of these picks for Jeremy Grant, yeah, and then they still have that other pick yeah. to either build towards the future or to make another trade. Mm. And if they go into the summer only with one of those blue chip picks, it just makes it a lot harder because now it's like, okay, I guess we can still trade this for Jeremy Grant, but we have like nothing in the pipeline. Like we had this one chance to be in the lottery and get a decent pick, and now we're just throwing that away. It, it would just make that decision a lot tougher for them. So if the Pelicans are going on a run, hoop idea. Hire hoop glue idea. girl to uh, oh. go glue her hand to the floor in L.A. Just get get glue girl on an airplane and get her in L.A. Well, she was tweeting last night, glue girl. I don't know if you saw it. So were, she's, I, I didn't. I didn't see the tweets. I didn't see the little girl tweets. She's out and about. Oh my gosh! I have to go stop that, or it's going to do that yeah, three you more should. times. You should go stop that. Yeah, that was an incredible game. I I would predict that the Clippers are going to win uh, and get into the playoffs. Uh, however, it would be great if they did not, and the Thunder could get a a better pick. Um, it'd be great. It's just. More positivity to to inject into the Thunder fan base here on this Wednesday morning. Yeah, you felt like it was it was pretty positive yesterday. Oh man, Al, it was. Michael Clampett is uh, is is on is on point here. He says, "Inject that exit interview propaganda into my veins." <laughs> I, I don't. I wasn't keeping up with the rest of the league. Of course, they may not even had their exit interviews yet, but yeah. I'd be interested to see how it compared because it did. It did feel like I'm not going to say over the top, but it was like excessively positive. Yeah, Detroit's was the same way. Yeah, for those wondering if we're an exceptional bad team, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, Detroit's was very much the same. They've already done their interview exit interviews with. Coach, players, and Troy Weaver was yesterday. So Sam Preston okay. will, will do his exit interview next week. Um, so that should be interesting. And it's and it's kind of great that we get to space out the content here. Thank you, Sam, for uh, allowing us to space out the content here. When, uh, so when is he? Monday. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was excessively positive. Obviously, I think – I feel like the headline, regardless of the quotes, is just like Shay's – just how Shay was you should in that okay. interview. So context that was not in. So if you haven't heard the the exit interviews, I put them in a podcast form that's on this feed, and I put the timestamps. So if you only wanted to listen to a few guys, you could you know go get those. So Shay walks into the room. I'm sitting there. I'm working on. So at the same time, 
all day yesterday. I'm working on no dunks and their F1 podcast throughout this whole thing. So I'm sitting there working in between. There's usually about 15, 20 minutes in between each player or coach. And Shay walks in and he's like, what's up, what's up, what's up to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like so excited, sits down. He has a do-rag on and he sees himself in the Zoom camera and then like immediately just like tries to just takes his do-rag off as quick as he can as if it's something bad. I don't know. It's funny. And he just proceeds to like just be the most positive person in the room. And like a lot of the quotes are really encouraging for there because there's always a lot of people that are taking the feelings they have about the rebuild and placing them onto Shay. Right, right, right. I am tired of this. So, so therefore Shay must be tired of this. Yeah. And because when players are tired of things, they want to be traded. Shay is going to ask to be traded because this sucks because I, because I don't like this, not because they have any information about Shay, but it's because they don't like it. Right. Yeah, and and it really was in stark contrast because, like, he, even Shay said in the in the interview, like, if if I'm ever mad, like, you'll know it. Yeah, like like you'll, said, you'll I'm be human. able to tell. Yeah, and, and it was in stark contrast to that press conference earlier in the season, like the Plan A press conference, where you could tell like something was just a little off. Whether definitely, it was there was definitely something off in, at and, that post game press at that moment. 100%. Yeah, hundred percent there was, and yeah. so contrasting it with this which like he was like the happiest guy in the world yeah <laughs> and 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 the things he was saying like so i pulled this from uh, joe masato's article uh you know he said we talk all the time and every time we talk i get a little bit more excited excited about what he said i just think me sam and mark have a lot of trust in each other i can't go into details but we're excited for the future i thought that was really interesting like just yeah. the, i can't go into details because I'm just wondering what he's thinking of when he says that, that he, that he's not saying, because yeah. like, what, what could it possibly be? Like, I, I, I almost thought like, I wonder if it's like specifically about like the type of big man that they want to bring in or something like what, what is it that he's so excited about? It can't just be them saying like, <laughs> we're going to get a lot of draft picks and bring in young guys. Like it has to be more specific than that for him to get so excited. So they must have like some, more concrete of a plan yeah that we obviously aren't privy to that that he's excited about and i just wonder what it could possibly be because so much feels up in the air right now yeah from from the fan perspective it'd be great to know i think that he i think he he knows that he's going to be one of the best players on a team that sam presti expects to be great is part is like part of that that's yeah. that's kind of like the easy line to draw on what's exciting because it I mean, when you start to think about what they've got and the fact that they have all these picks in this next draft and then a bunch of picks in the next draft, like they're going to get better. The question is, how much better are they going to get? But they're certainly going to get better than they than they have been. And if you listen to the podcast that McKelly and I did on Monday, like there's people out there, including McKelly, that think this team is a lot better than they are today. He thinks that they. He thinks they could have been the Spurs of this season, right? And he's not alone in that. There were people that I talked to yesterday that thought the same thing, and we'll see. 
there one of one of the other quotes that was kind of making the rounds was Mark talking about how next season is going to be as they add more players to this team, add more competition to the team, and then uh, he said they're going to have a chance to declare themselves. Which, yeah, that, I mean, obviously that sounded great to Michele, you know, and and, and a lot mm-hmm. of other people mm-hmm. who like want tanking to be over. And I, th- yeah. I even saw some comments on Twitter of people like declaring the tank is over. Well, trust me, when I tweeted that out, I got several quote tweets and people commenting underneath like, thank God the tank is over, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> And, and then you had the the Dort comment about the playoffs, but yeah, and, and we'll get into that. But for me, it's like, how is that any different from what they did this year? Like, did they not allow that team to declare itself at the beginning of the year? They played all of their vets. They played their good players at the beginning of this year. I would agree. How is how is that different from what they're what he just said they're going to do? I don't. I think it's the same thing. I don't think it's different either. <laughs> Nothing yesterday changed my mind about yeah. what's going to be different next year. I do think they'll they'll be more talented, which is a that's I mean that's like the thing that they need. Will they be talented enough? My my answer is no, based on any outcome that's possible <laughs> with this team for next year. Like I think the answer is still no. And does that mean that they have to get like a top three pick in the following draft? No, they don't have to to get to where they want to be. Would it be great? Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd be freaking great. Then then I feel like really confident about this team ceiling. But even just adding like the seventh pick in the twenty three draft would be another great piece going forward uh, for this squad. Like I just think about the Suns. And like the Mikael Bridges piece and how big that's been for them. Like he's yeah. not the piece, but would they be anywhere close to the team they are now? Like it would be tough. Like if they just had some random wing in there in place of him, like right. they're just certainly not the team they are. So if you could, I mean, still a lot hinges on how this draft lottery goes. If they can get in the top four, you're feeling pretty good about just needing to add like the seventh pick in the following draft to start to form the core of what you want. And then you can make trades or whatever you need to do. Or if something becomes available, you know, you can be opportunistic, but you know, you feel, you certainly are going to feel better about where this team is headed. Yeah. If if they, if they got a big guy in this draft as like your starting center for next year. Yeah. Like I I absolutely believe they're going to play functional lineups at the beginning of the season because that's what they did this season Mm -hmm. and they'll see how it goes i'm just still dubious that if they get to january february and they're just like kind of like hovering around 10th Mm -hmm. like are they really going to push it at that point or are they just going to do the same thing no same thing same thing that's that's how i feel so like for them to declare themselves and and change the trajectory of the plan Mm -hmm. i feel like they would need to be not in like the sixth spot, but if they were like solidly in the seventh or eighth, where it's going to take like a, you're like you're there's no levers. There's it would not have enough levers. It would have to be like the Chris Paul far. team because I do think that they intended for that Chris Paul team to not be a very good team. That there was like, yeah, that's actually yeah. Because if that team had been like and and back then I don't even think they had the play in. So like Mm-mm. if that team had been in like the ninth spot in February, 
I feel like they would have started resting. They players. did have they did have the play in. They had the first year of the play in was the bubble in the bubble. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but still, they were too good, too good to tank. Right. Like they they were. They absolutely were. And if this team is like fourth when we hit December, I think you're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> you know, this is kind of what you have to say with this squad. But if, like, you're right, if they're ninth or tenth, you're like, all right, guys, let's start to settle down a little bit. <laughs> so know? that's why I'm, like, interested in, in McKellie's point of view because I, I just wonder, like, it, does he does he must feel good enough about the team that he thinks they are going to like shift that trajectory in the in season like where, where they will be too good to tank I'm, he, I'm I'm guessing yeah I think that's I think that's his point yeah if they play the right lineups and which like they didn't play the Shea Giddy Muscala Kenrich whoever else lineup that much. But at the same time, like, how much are they going to play Mike Muscala? Yeah, it's like really. Yeah, I I agree. There, and I've I've asked Mark that question earlier in the season about like his on-offs and the lineup data on him, and he's like, "Well, yeah. listen, like he's it's good, but if you try to extrapolate that over twenty-five minutes or thirty minutes a game, it's going to start to look worse." Right, right, yeah. So that that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, Was there anything else uh, that you would consider big that came out of it? Uh, Kenrich declared another declaration that he wants to retire as a member of the Thunder. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was I was asking him like, what does it mean to you? I say, you know, you've really established yourself as like a wing that can help a lot of teams. Like I so said, whether or not the trade rumors were correct, like you were in a lot of them at the trade deadline and could right. have gone to help a good team. Uh, however, you are still here. Like, what does that mean to you? And then he's talked about how he wants to retire here, yada, yada. And then I, my follow-up was like, you still have a long ways to go in your career. Like, why, what makes you say you want to retire here now? You know? <laughs> kind of my question was like, Hall? Like, why are you doing this now? Like, you don't have you don't you don't have to do this, Kenrich. We like you just we like you well enough where you don't yeah. have to go over the top here. But I think he's I think he's pretty genuine about it. I think he really does like when you talk about the culture of the organization, which in some ways is overplayed and then in some ways it's underplayed, but like Kenrich like buys into it a hundred percent. Like he really does love it here. He really does want to be here. I've got, I've got, I have a source behind the scenes that like says the same stuff. That's been saying the same stuff about Ken rich. And he, he does, he genuinely loves it here and he wants to be here. I think if, I think if he was even like lukewarm on the thunder, they probably would have traded him. Um, yeah. And he, he's, he's still like an interesting piece that I think we almost forget about at times that when this team is ready to compete, if Kenrich Williams can play 75 games in a season, like he's going to be in your top eight. Like he's good enough to come off the bench and help you. Uh, It's, it's just an, it's just another interesting wrinkle within all of this that they already kind of have a role player that 
man, if if they would have had a player like him in the Paul George era of the Thunder, like he would have played a ton. Or even in the Kevin Durant era, like they they were always looking for and needing like a bigger wing, like in, like instead of playing Derek Fisher, uh, instead right. of playing Corey Brewer. Like there was always that slot where it's like they always have a great top four, and then that fifth slot, you're like, oh, man. Like I remember, I think I bring this up all the time, but I just remember that game. It was I think it was the last game of the regular season before the playoffs where Corey Brewer got hurt. And it was just like, what are we going to do without Corey Brewer? Like, how are we going to survive this postseason yeah. without him? And it's like, like that, that statement should have let us know that we were doomed to begin with. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm obviously happy that Kendricks wants to stay here. I mean, like you said, he's a, a, a type of player that we just haven't had, like that type of consistency. So I'm excited about that. And I thought it was cool that, I don't know who asked it, but asking about the payout, that they're going to get from being below the salary floor. That was my guy, Joe. You should have seen Kenrich's face. Because he asked this to several guys, and everybody else just kind of, you know, just kind of sat there and kind of nodded. Kenrich, like, when he heard, like, bonus, his yeah. smile just started to, to perk up. And then as Joe is talking, like, his, you can see that he's thinking about, like, I'm going to get one and a half million dollars into my right. bank account here pretty soon. This is amazing. Like his smile got so big. It's it's all it was really a cool moment because he's an as far as like NBA role players go, like he's definitely underpaid. And for him to essentially double his salary just because like a just on a salary cap technicality that didn't even involve him. Like, right. It's incredible. Like it's an incredible well, thing for him. Not only that, but like even though we really like Kenrich, like he's non-guaranteed for next year. Yeah. And they can wait as long as opening night to guarantee that. Now, I I'm, we think that they're going to guarantee that, but for a guy like him who knows that he doesn't have guaranteed money coming and any injury he gets could potentially affect whether that guarantee gets exercised or not. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that you would get that type of a bonus is obviously a huge deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I that because it's almost what he's going to make next season. I know. I'm. I am really, really glad. I was. I was thinking the Thunder were going to do something else. I had heard a few things that the Thunder might try to go get somebody else and bring him in and pay him big, like they did with Gabby Deck. I'm so glad they didn't. Because yeah, I, I would rather the guys that have been here be rewarded than pay some guy that you're like they're paying who, what, like why, you know. Yeah, because at this point, there's just not a lot of guys that are worth the kind of contract that they would have to float out there for right. them to bring them in. So I was just like, just give these guys something. Like throw these guys a bone here. Like that's, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's great for those dudes. Um, and then another thing that came out that was interesting was about Dort's injury. Yeah. Um, the fact that he has been dealing with that pain for months, like going back to the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. um, Cause he said, I didn't know coming into the season I had it, but I didn't really feel it. I thought it was just shoulder pain. I didn't think it was that serious, mm -hmm. which just makes you wonder about like, is, 
could a potential shooting improvement next season be as a result of the fact that he doesn't Ooh, have a torn labrum? Some injury, some shoulder injury, offensive boost propaganda for the pod Why today. Not? I like it. Why not? No, I this like it. Like, this is like when uh, when like Jameis Winston got Lasix and people were like, well, he can see now, so he's <laughs> not going to throw interceptions anymore. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of feeling that way about Dort. Like maybe you just fix his labrum and all of a sudden he can shoot again. Maybe Dort's had a torn labrum his whole life and didn't his know it. His whole life. And it was Maybe. like, and he is Clay Thompson, really, underneath the torn labrum. Who knows? What, what is, do you, what, do you know which shoulder it is? Is it his shooting shoulder or is it his off shoulder? Uh, I don't know. I need to, I need to look again. I can look. Um, quick. But yeah, he said he still has two to three months to be back at 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that it was there the whole time because like we knew about Muscala's injury way yeah. before surgery the yeah. fact that he had this ankle injury that was likely going to need surgery he was talking about off season and you know a lot of times we just don't know what injuries guys are actually dealing with and so i don't know it makes me feel a little bit better that dort had this tor- had a torn labrum the entire season apparently yeah that affects a little bit of how i think about that season mm-hmm. i mean in the same way that like with paul george when when he was here like Yes, he was still playing. And yes, he was still putting up numbers. You go back and look at some of those playoff performances, like he was still putting up numbers, but at the same time, it wasn't the same guy. It was his off some, sh- it was his off shoulder. His off shoulder. All right. Well, that doesn't make me feel as good, but it could still affect things. Maybe maybe he wanted to shoot with his other hand and he couldn't because of the torn labor. This is a this is a plum dog situation going on here. Possibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, anything else that Mark said? I, I, I know Mark, a lot of people liked Mark's Yeah, I mean, conference. I, I always love listening to Mark talk. I think he's really good. Um, nothing especially different because he was being asked a lot of these kind of questions before the, se- or before the season ended as well. Yeah. Um, just generally a lot of positivity, a lot of positivity around Mark. Not even, not only what he said, but what the player said about him. And, you know, I think that we forget a little bit about the development of Mark, that he's still like, he's our age, you know, and is learning how to be an NBA coach right. and is still okay with being called Mike Degnault. <laughs> um, so there's, it's, it's just like another interesting wrinkle to all of this um, that he is, you know, in, in a world where m- most of the guys are in their fifties, you know, that are coaching forties or fifties, you know, to be as young as he is like, he's got, I th- he's got a long ways to go in development. Will he end up being the future, like be the coach of the thunder in five years? Like, I really just don't know. Um, however, he, he fits this organization like a glove with the way that he speaks. And I think the, his overall demeanor, uh, he's a very, very humble individual. That's a millionaire basketball coach. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I think he fits the, the city too. I think if you were to like match a coach with the city, like he matches it pretty well. So I think it's, I think it's great. I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how he actually, we'll get to coach a team because he's up until now, it's just development only for him. 
and right. he's developing a system and that's helped you know the team win some games and when it's time to really press go what does it look like because it will be different it will look a lot different than this and it will feel a lot different than this and i think people you kind of forget about that that when wins do matter like winning isn't easy in the nba <laughs> it really isn't i know it kind of sometimes it felt easy as we're watching these teams win as they like beat the phoenix suns at home with right with poku and scraps you know it felt easy um However, when when other teams know that you want to win, winning isn't easy. <laughs> so, uh, especially when like I, obviously there's internal expectations, but yeah. there are very low external expectations right now. There's like, in fact, the expectation like is the, that they do the opposite. <laughs> right, right, right. So like, there's no out. Well, there's no outside pressure in None. like a real way. There's outside pressure to win in like the you know anti-tanking way. Yeah. But in terms of like what the Wolves experienced this year, where you're like fluctuating back and forth between the playoffs and the play-in, mm-hmm. like that's just a totally different set of expectations. Yeah, yeah, it will it will be different, and it will feel different. I uh, thought it was interesting. Uh, it, one of his quotes that got a lot, or that was making the rounds, was like, "Everyone knows what we're doing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that that kind of a quote. Yeah, which. It's a good quote because it's vague enough where he can just say, like, I was just talking about rebuilding and, like, yeah, working is. on development. But if you want to believe that he is being explicit about tanking, yeah. it also works that way as well. It, it, you're right. It is a great, ambiguous tanking quote. It is. Yeah. And, you know, we asked everybody about tanking and the plan. And I asked a lot of the players about, like, the draft picks. Like, and and Baisley probably gave the most interesting answer, where it was like, I was like, here's, it's like the the plan is to rebuild, and you guys are doing that now. But one of the biggest parts of it is that Sam Presti's acquired a record number of draft picks, and those draft picks are starting to pour in. And there's going to be more guys this summer. There's going to be more guys that summer after. It's like, does that give you more motivation? You know, or does that make you excited? Like what's your, your feel on that portion of the plan? And he sat, he kind of sat there and he was like, I just don't really care about that. And he's like, not that I don't, he's like, what I mean is like, I'm just not thinking about it, that I'm more just kind of focused on myself. Uh, Aaron Wiggins, who I didn't post his because the inner, like we were there all day. And I didn't post a few of them because I was already up to two hours long of the podcast. Um, Aaron Wiggins also gave like another another interesting answer. He he said, "Like, listen, like, yeah, it gives me motivation, but that's how teams get better. Like, this is how the team gets better: is that these other players are going to come in the summer and they're going to add a level of competition to what we're already doing." And it's gonna it's gonna make us better players, and it's gonna make them better players because you don't have a guaranteed spot. Um, right. Which I just I really like that answer. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, do you want to go through a, a, a real quick roster reset just so people understand like who has guaranteed money going into next year and who doesn't? Andrew is saying one second. You know what? Let's just go ahead and do it. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting just to go through the roster, talk real quickly about who has guaranteed money for next year so that we can start trying to figure out where, if there are going to be cuts, where they might be coming from. So real quickly, guaranteed money in terms of like, this guy is going to be on the roster unless he is traded. I'm SGA. Back. Okay. Obviously, yeah. We're, we're, I'm talking about guaranteed deals for next year, Andrew. Okay. Yep. So SGA mm-hmm. five years. His big, his big contract starts starting to next get year. real, real paid. Real paid. Uh, Derek Favors in in the uh, media day or whatever that was exit interviews, exit interviews said that yeah. he's probably going to pick up his player option. He's so picking he's it up, baby. Probably going to be here. That's 10.1 million. Yep. Giddy obviously still on his rookie deal. Yep. Poku is on his rookie deal. His fourth year option. Has the has the option to be picked up? Before They're going to pick it up. Season. They're picking it up. Probably going to pick it up. Trey Mann, uh, obviously on a rookie deal. Yep. Bays on a rookie deal. He is mm-hmm. extension eligible. He can get a max of five years, one hundred eighty-four million. Andrew, I learned. He's, what do you think? He said he is letting his agent deal with that. Okay. He's not even well, thinking about it. He's thinking about uh, he's thinking about uh, family, God, and basketball. Those are the three things he's thinking about. That's it. That's great. Um, he's so we know he's going to be a restricted free agent in 23 if they didn't extend him, and his cap hold next summer would be 12.7 million. Woo! Also, who would have a cap hold next summer at 12.7 million? Ty Jerome, who is also extension eligible, can also get a five year max for 184 million dollars. Uh, that's not going to happen. Ty Jerome also did not put his interview on there. Uh, wasn't the best interview of the day. Okay. Uh, so. And then, and then you have Jerry, obviously still on his rookie deal, although the following year, and this is true of Wiggins as well, both of them have guaranteed money next year, but the mm-hmm. following year, both of them are fully non-guaranteed. Ooh. So they're definitely here for next year, unless they were traded, but Wiggins otherwise... And, who's the other one? I'm sorry, I missed the Wiggins and... Wiggins her. and Jerry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are nine players mm-hmm. already who mm-hmm. have guaranteed money for next year. Mm-hmm. Just... Laying that out of those, like maybe Ty Jerome, who knows? Like if they moved someone in the deal, I wouldn't be. I mean, surprised obviously they could... if he if they moved on from him. Yeah. That so that's that's shocking. nine guys yeah. guaranteed money if they didn't do anything. Partially guaranteed is just Veet, who yeah. has about eight hundred thousand guaranteed. The rest of it non guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got surgery. Yeah, he had surgery yesterday. Makes me think that he might not be on the team next year and might just get that eight hundred thousand guaranteed. Yeah, like is, is he good enough where you want to bring him back and rehab him and take up a roster spot? I think he'll be ready by the start of the season. Yeah. So, to me, 
I mean, they like. I mean, they. I think they like him. I think they want to see if he can athletically get to the level that he was in Europe, because he wasn't. He wasn't that with the Thunder, and right. still showed flashes of shooting and you know ball handling and offensively really understanding the game. Defensively, he's got a long, long ways to go. Um. Michael Ashton, I want to make sure I answer this, says, did Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, Roby, and Veet not get interviewed? Ty Jerome and Roby did. They did not make the podcast cut. And then uh, Veet <laughs> wasn't there because he had surgery, and Mike Muscala was not there either, which I was highly disappointed that Mike wasn't there. So speaking of Mike Muscala, so that's partially guaranteed. It's just one guy. Now we go to the non-guaranteed. There's six guys here, which would take us up to 16 people. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Williams, $2 million, non-guaranteed. It doesn't guarantee until opening night. We expect them to guarantee. Lock that. it in, baby. Lock that in. Okay, so, so that gets us up to 10 guys with guaranteed money. Okay. Mike Muscala, team option for $3.5 million. He's unrestricted. If they picked it up, he'd be unrestricted free agent next summer. Lock it in, baby. You think that's a lock it in? Lock that puppy in. So that would be 11. Teo has 1.9 non-guaranteed. 100% non-guaranteed. I have a... uh, I don't know. I I don't have a good feel for that one at all. I know they like him. In uh, Mark's words, he attacks the program. Um, Attacks the program. Okay. However, he wasn't good this year. And let's say they select a guard at 15 or at 30 even or at four or at four to me that's just like all right bye teo and how hard is it to replace teo maladone in the lineup you know like in to this me, lineup not in, difficult in any lineup <laughs> not difficult <laughs> well that's probably true as well but i just i think that teo to me could be a guy that comes back to the nba at some point but i think it it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to go develop more and then if he wanted to come back when he was like 25 or something. Well, I was talking to you about the Wizards as an option for Teo because their their point guards right now are Sadoransky and Ish Smith. I'd argue that they're both way better than Teo. They are, but it's like you have nothing in the pipeline in terms of guards. You're you're playing with like two thirty plus point guards who have been on twelve teams each. Yeah. Like don't you want just someone to get you a little bit excited that's young and is a guard? Oh, anyway, if that's I, getting I, I thought, if that's getting you excited, it's it's a uh, it's very, very sad. Oh, I feel like that's like that is just like us with uh, Eric Maynard back in the day, where it's like <laughs> this team doesn't even want their first round pick that they just drafted, and we're like, "Well, this guy could really be something." I know <laughs> this is exciting. Maynard was good though. Maynard was legitimately good. He was good until he got hurt. Until he got hurt, he was legitimately was a good point guard, backup point guard. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I was just surprised because that was one I didn't know. I didn't realize that Teo's deal was completely non guaranteed. They can get out of it if they want to. Yeah. Alex Bowler Jack says, I left and all of a sudden we're talking tail Maladon's fit <laughs> on other teams. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're still at 11 players. Yeah. That, that you feel really confident on. Yeah. Next is Lou Dort, who also has non guaranteed. Lock think- it in, baby. Right. So now we're at 12. 
12 then guys. You, wow. Then you get to Isaiah Roby, who has the 1.9 million non-guaranteed team option, and it, you, they have to decide by July 3rd. So that's a pretty quick one. Yeah, they got to figure that out. I wouldn't bring him back if it were me. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not back. I think if you really like didn't get any bigs in this draft, which I feel like is going to be hard to do, but if you didn't, maybe yeah. then you bring him back. I guess. Um, Rather bring back Horde. Oh, yeah? You're a Horde man now. Horde the boards, man. I could see him fitting in on a team more easier than Roby, just because Horde can just come off the bench and play some defense, get some boards, Horde the boards. Do you feel like you're just uh, anti-Roby because of the shot against Portland? That's definitely a piece of the, the puzzle, definitely, for yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. And then the last guy is Lindy Waters, who's on a two-way. So they, I think they have the option to bring him back on a two-way next year. Obviously, yeah. they could give him a, a real contract. But yeah. um, I, like as of today, it feels like Lindy Waters will be the two-way guy for next year. Agreed. Will be one of one of the two-way guys. Agreed. Who the, who the other one will be, I don't know, because they obviously ran through a bunch of different... They tried a bunch of different guys out in that spot. Horde! This year. It could be Horde. Like, did you, Horde. Do you remember who was who were the two two-way guys at the beginning of this year? Uh, it was the Raptors old guy. Raptors old guy. Yeah, what's his name? Gosh. Raptors... It wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, Aaron Wiggins. And it was Josh Hall. Josh Hall was on this team at the beginning of the year? That's what it said to me when I Googled it. Huh. Well, that's funny. Josh Hall so somehow had some... He had some believers out there. I don't know what he did. He did for sure. To get them, but he had them. He had them. Yeah. Uh, so so just going... That's That's our roster reset. So right now... Based on what you said in terms of lock it in, lock it in. We already have twelve guys. I know that we feel confident we'll have guaranteed money next year, and then we have one guy in Lindy Waters who we feel like could could be the one of the two two way spots. Yeah. So at that point, you're talking about three roster spots left, and then one two way spot left. Paul Watson is the Raptors' old guy. Oh, Paul Watson. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Josh Hall first, but if it wasn't, I'm sorry. And also, I don't really care. Uh, I don't think Josh Hall is on the Thunder this year. At all? I don't think so. Wow. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not going to do anything. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, so how, how many picks do they have in this draft? They've got four in the top 34. <laughs> four in the top 34. And as we just discussed, there are maybe... Maybe four openings, and then we and then well, we've that's got not twelve guys, so they've got three openings. Well, plus a two way, plus a two way. Yeah, well, I get. Yeah, I guess you could put the thirty fourth pick on a two way. Yeah, which would kind of be a bummer for them. Uh, but but again, that's not including Teo or Roby or Veet. You didn't include Veet or. No, V is not included in that 12 number. If you want to include him, now you're at 13. This That's is... why I'm saying, like, Veet's probably not going to be on this team next year. You mean Xavier Simpson's not going to make the roster next year? Yeah, I didn't even mention any of the 10-day guys. Captain Hook? Yorgos? If you're a Yorgos fan, or... But again, again, one of them could be on a two-way, but, like, 
they're going to have to trade away guys and not take guys back mm-hmm. just to free up roster spots if you like any of these players that or we're talking wait. about. I mean, Teo, like, they're just Roby, Krejci. Those guys, you have to waive them, though. Like, those aren't guys that you're going to be like, hey, anybody got a second-round pick for Teo? And everybody's going to be like, <laughs> Teo. You don't – What? okay, but what about, like, Ty Jerome? Who's going to give up a second-rounder for Ty Jerome? What about a top 55 protected second rounder? Yeah, if you just want to feel good that something came back to your team, sure. I'm just saying, like, something's about to happen. These these guys aren't going to be on this team next year. I Yeah, we, I know. We just went through it. There's no spots for them. So if you're really high on these guys, like, just do the math. Who, where, where are they going to play? The, the answer we only is... We get 15 spots in two, two, two ways. Yeah, the answer is that many of the guys that you said that's why i'm like you can make the case that like teo roby Veet, gone 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 because if you're gonna because where are you gonna put them and it and and that's just saying like maybe we only take three guys and we trade one of the picks right maybe you do one consolidation trade to move up and you take three guys i mean even if you want to say they're only going to take two guys like that still only leaves two spots, and one of those would be a, a two way spot. And yeah. it's like, are you really putting Teo in a two way spot? Like, I, I guess you could, but yeah, that would be so sad. <laughs> so the other option Teo. would be to to trade some of these guys, yeah, in some way, and of, of like the guaranteed guys, yeah. So like for me, actually, I want to ask you this. So. One thing they could do, though, is they could buy out favors, mm-hmm. and that would free up a spot. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that gets us back down to 11. Or they could include favors as a part of a trade where they take on, but then you have to take on additional money, which means you're taking on an additional player, so that really doesn't help you. Right. But I could see a world where they take favors, expiring contract, and a pick, and or they acquire another pick, like a second rounder or something, to a, like a good second rounder to take on like somebody that has two years left or something like that. Like that's something that that I could imagine. Hmm. I don't know. It, if if the roster crunch is that bad, I do feel like the buyout becomes like a much more realistic option. I don't, I'm sure they don't want to do that, but. Because <laughs> they have so much dead money for next year. They're going to have a lot of dead money. Not that it really matters, but it's just kind of funny. Well, it's just interesting, too, because when you think about when this team wants to be competitive and how they can be competitive, the ro- like the, the salary, it's not like they're going to have big problems next year. They're not, but like the constraints, are, like they're way more constrained today and this next uh, season than they will be the season after. Yeah. Because the season after, the Kemba deal is gone. The Favors deal is gone. It's like 40, 47 million. Yeah. It's a ton. Two guys. A ton of money that was just going to just be off the books completely. And like, if you don't think, like, that is 100% planned out. <laughs> like, that's, that's another like indicator in my mind of, when are they going to try to really compete? Well, when do we have like the most flexibility? Because I next summer, 
will be the time the Thunder will have the most flexibility they will have in this era financially. Especially if, and if that really is the plan, then you kind of assume they will not extend Bayes. They will not extend Tydrome. They will not yeah. give Dort a new deal now. They'll yeah. wait to do all of that until next summer when they have maximum flexibility. I think that's the, to me, it's the smart thing to do is to wait because I do think Lou wants to be a part of this team. I think Baisley will be restricted anyways. It doesn't matter. And if somebody's given Baisley a giant restricted free agent deal, it's like, all right, good luck. You know? Yeah. You'd be happy for him. I mean, and, and obviously that could change based on what he does next year. If he comes in next year and is shooting 38% from three and he's playing the same defense, like, obviously, there's going to be teams interested. Yeah, he's a helpful player. And maybe you match it. You know, at that point, there's a chance that you match it. But I'm just just saying, like, let's let's gather as much information that we have to understand where we think the Thunder might go. That is scary, though, with Dort. Because in that scenario, he is an unrestricted free agent if yeah. you wait all the way until next summer. So any team could sign him mm-hmm. and... I mean, every fan base likes him. Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys where when you're on another fan base, you don't see any of the warts. Like, you just see, like, oh, this guy can lock down and had, like, a 30-point game. Like, yeah, you know, we we do it with players around the league. Yeah. People forget that Dort scored 17 points per game this season. Isn't that kind of wild to think about? Uh, I guess, yeah. It is, yes. I mean... Just to think about the player that he was when he came onto this team. And you're like, yeah, hey, for like, sure. no matter what the roster is, just to say, do you, if you were to say, hey, let's bet $100 right now, if you think that Dort will average, oh, let's just say even over 15 points per game in any season in the NBA, like I would have yeah. <clears throat> grabbed the under and thought I was about to make some money. We were thinking like Andre, best case scenario. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's well surpassed that. Right. So if, if he came back next year, he's healthy. All of a sudden he can shoot now because his shoulder works <laughs> and he, you know, he shoots like a decent percentage and, and yeah. maybe there's better players on the team. So he's only averaging like 15 per game, but his defense is like right there. Like there's going to be a lot of suitors for that player. Without a even doubt. Though, yeah. Even though like he's not, Obviously, like you would love him to be six six. Like six six Dort is six six like Dort plus million. Yeah, I was gonna say six six Dort is a max player to some teams. <laughs> yeah, like not joking. But still, even as like he's going to have suitors next year if you let him get all the way to unrestricted free agency. Yeah, and I that's think, the only thing that would scare me. I think that I would just trust Sam in the front office with that one because they did the same thing with Jeremy Grant. Is that they let Jeremy get to unrestricted free agency? Um, that same that same year that they signed Paul George to his extension, Jeremy was unrestricted, and he just because they were yeah. they were dampening his value by not playing him over Melo. <laughs> they did that season. Melo was gone, right? Oh no 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 no! You're right. You're right. Yeah, because it was they after brought him the off jazz. the bench. Yeah, they did. They did play. They did bench him in the last game. Bench Melo in the last. Yes, game. the very last game. <laughs> it was so nice to see. No yeah. Rubio. Hey, maybe they're dampening Dort's value with uh, injuries here. 
Uh, he's injury prone. You don't want this guy. You don't need I this guy. I feel you can say that about the, whole, the entire Thunder team. Exactly. Based on how many games exactly they play right. per year. That's exactly right. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that will be an interesting storyline. But to me, I think it makes sense to just push it all the way to 23, be as flexible as possible, be able to do as many moves as possible. I think you bring back Dort in the summer, unless his agent agrees to something egregious, where it's like, yeah, we'll do a twelve million per year for three years. Yeah, and, and you're just like, yep, sign us up. That's great. That's a great number. And then you lose a little bit of flexibility, but you gain not only a great player on a great contract, but like an incredible trade piece too. Because if any team, you know. Like he to me, he becomes a guy that is like instantly tradable for like a late lottery pick, you know? Yeah, for sure. Where any team could say, you know what? Like I'd rather just have Dort than the eleventh pick, and the Thunder may really like somebody at eleven in whatever draft it is. You know that to me is, and it's like the range where it's like, yeah, this is probably the right, you know, cost. Yeah, because think I mean we're going through the roster and mainly just thinking of it in terms of roster spots. But when you start factoring in playing time, mm-hmm. then it like really gets dicey. Because it's like if all these dudes are healthy coming into next season, like how are some of these guys even getting on the court? And I they're know. not. And they're people and they're guys that like we're kind of excited about yeah. for one reason or another. But how are they even getting on the court? Like 
Teo's not playing next year. He didn't if play on healthy. this team. He didn't play on this team. But, like, he is not playing any minutes on this team if everyone's healthy. No. And and there's probably other guys like that. Like, I'm going through the roster. I don't know who it would be necessarily, especially if you factor in they're bringing in, like, a big man yeah. from, from the draft. Yeah. Let's just say like, let's just say the starting lineup is SGA Dort Giddy draft pick uh Jeremiah whether he plays the 4 or the 5 who cares right you know and then like what then, are, you they're going to play Kenrich and Muscala at the beginning of the season Kenrich yeah Muscala so that's up to 7 they're going to play Bays if he's here that's Bays for sure uh, and now we're we're now we're at Trey Mann and Poku Trey. two guys that like we're really excited about Trey is in, and, and we haven't even mentioned Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, Wiggins is questionable for like the immediate rotation. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, That's I think so wild. I think Poku is in there at the some kind of wing position. Like we're already at ten guys. Like there's ten guys, and it's crazy. We, and that's that, only that, one. And that's only one of the draft picks. Taking yeah, a that's rotation only if you spot. bring in one draft pick. Obviously, like you're hoping to bring in two or three and get them playing time. Exactly. So if you're that's... if you're somebody that thinks like Roby or even Lindy Waters, like there's a lot of excitement. Like Lindy was awesome yesterday. Lindy's great to talk to. If you think Lindy Waters is gonna have a spot in this rotation, like he's gonna have to be like a 45% three-point shooter. Like we just can't, we have to have him. We just have right. to have him. But the odds yeah. of him being that, it's like they're like the odds aren't good the odds aren't really there and like same with roby like if you love what roby did at the end oh he's definitely in the rotation take a look at the rotation like he's not gonna play it is it is kind of like one of the the tricks that these seasons play on you because it really feels like two separate seasons and like yeah. we've had enough time with the bench guys now. I mean, it's been like a couple months now that you get to know them, you get to know their games. Yeah. You get to see what you like about them. And that's all you're really thinking about, forgetting mm-hmm. that there's like ten guys not playing. Yeah. I know. I know. And this is yeah, this is where because the the fact that like you can give the ball to Shea, Giddy, Trey, even Dort, even Kenrich, Poku! even Poku. It's like we don't that's the that's like the guard rotation. Like that's it right there. SGA Dort, Giddy, Trey, Kenrich, Poku. And then imagine bringing like Jaden Ivy on this team if he's the best player available. Yeah, that's that's where you're. That's honestly where you just start. You're like we're committed to playing smaller. Yeah, is what it becomes because if you add Ivy to this team, you know, I don't know what the starting lineup looks like. Like, are you willing to let Giddy guard fours? You know, I would yeah. be. I would be. You get you get so weird, <laughs> which I think is great because like this this team is currently constructed. They don't have the top end talent enough to be traditionally good. So you're gonna have to. Unless they, you know, get really lucky in this lottery and the guy turns into the guy, or they get lucky in the next lottery and they get Wimbanyana or Scoot or somebody that's like some kind of outlier, like you've got to be different in some way. And if your point guard is also the guy who defend, defends the four on the other end, 
like that is like such an odd wrinkle that will really throw teams off. Because I think it's it's almost interesting because I think that Giddy's once he gets he's gonna get bigger and stronger. The dude's still a teenager. He's gonna get bigger and stronger, and like ultimately. Like people are like, well, he's not athletic enough, but he sure as heck is athletic enough to guard the four position in the NBA, and I think he's gonna get strong enough to do that. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's where he ends up. So defensively, especially if you have like a big, like rim protector. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where adding Chet to this team, where you become like the ultimate weirdo team. It would be very nice. It's kind of incredible because, you know, there's a world where it's SGA, Dort, Kenrich, Giddy, and then that's where you can add Chet in there. Yeah. You know, and is there enough shooting there? I don't know. It's It depends on, and what, on what happens with these guys. And really, if Dort can just become a you know, a three point shooter from the corner only. Like, I think that that would be very beneficial to the team. And then if Giddy, Giddy did talk about how he's going to be tweaking his shot this summer and that, that is his main focus in the off season. Yeah. And he even said it himself that it's my, it's my swing skill. And if I can become, and he talked about how like the off season for young guys is what separates you from others and I was like oh that's really interesting that's probably something that Sam and Mark told you <laughs> but it's right. true like it's very true this is yeah. where the improvements happen this is where the leaps happen and we saw it happen with the first iteration of the Thunder where I was like oh man like Russ is a lot better than he was last year like this is like turning into something and James Harden has taken like a leap here uh you know, that's that's what happens between year one and year two, year two, year three for these players. And even Shea. Like, Shea still, there is a strong belief that Shea has a long way to go to get to his ceiling. You know, Mark yeah. talked about it in his exit interview that he thinks that Shea is going to be a great player. Like, not just a like good player. He thinks he's going to be a great player, which, I don't know. I think you take it with a grain of salt coming from the coach. Um, but still, it's encouraging. Um, thoughts on Dort's comment about the playoffs. So the quote, and I even put it out there, and the question was misquoted, which is funny, because uh, I did ask Dort what his what the goals are for next season. Is it? And I said, is it the play-in tournament? Is it just trying to get better? You know, what is it? Um, or do you have a goal in terms of wins too as a part of it? He said the playoffs definitely is the goal. And it's uh, it's an interesting one. I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, what else would he ever say? I mean, what other goal could there possibly be? He's not going to say top draft pick. <laughs> we want like, Scoot. What, like as a player, like you're either going to talk about your own individual development, yeah. But if you're thinking of it in a team reference, the only thing you would say is playoffs. What else yeah. could you possibly say? There's nothing else interesting to say. Yeah, Josh. In terms of a goal. Josh answered the same question, and he said, "You know, whether we make the playoffs or not, like it's just all about getting better. You know, 
which mm, is like see, he's he's been he's been trained he's been coached <laughs> up and he is he's doing a great job good job josh i thought oh, it Andrew was interesting to go. uh okay al's gotta go thanks so much for listening to the podcast we will talk to you guys again on friday